The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 222. Are you ready to think locally and act locally? Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media buttons by going to brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Top of the page, you'll find all my social media buttons. While you're there, give me an email address and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders in American History, and a free audiobook read by yours truly. While you're also at brianmcclanahan.com, swing on over to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can support the Brian McClanahan Show by throwing a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. Anything you do contribute is greatly appreciated. You can also support The Brian McClanahan Show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. And while you're there, you can purchase one of my six courses. I've got a course on Reconstruction, one on the war, which is the topic for today, and so it's great timing. Uh, One on the Constitution, or at least American Constitutions overall, Secession, the Declaration, and Alexander Hamilton. I've got a lot of great stuff out there. And uh, ranging from five lectures to 25, actually almost over 30 lectures. The American Constitutions course is over 30 lectures. So a lot of stuff out there that you can use if you're a homeschooler, if you're uh, someone who's looking for a continuing education from beginner to advanced. Hopefully there's something out there for everybody, and I will be adding more classes. And if you enroll at McClanahan Academy, you do get the best deals on new courses. As anyone who enrolled knows, for this newest course, Reconstruction and Recreation, they got the best deal for a little over a week, they were able to score that class for the lowest price it will ever be. So you want to enroll because you do get uh, those low prices. Right now, you've got uh, a good price on the Reconstruction and Recreation course until April 15, 2019. It is reduced. It'll, it's the lowest it'll ever be reduced, even during Black Friday, anything else. I won't drop it lower than it is now. Uh, it'll always be a little bit more than it is now. So you want to score that class while you can at the lowest price you will ever see it. I promise you it will never be this low again. So get that reconstruction and recreation course. I've also got the other courses on sale. Uh, so you're going to want to pick all that stuff up now. You can also support The Brian McClanahan Show by going to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. Again, great website. It's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. So you got Tom Woods, Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Goodsman, Brad Berzer, Jason Jewell, myself, Bob Murphy, all kinds of great instructors there. Low price, great stuff. Use my affiliate link and get a great deal on a, a, over 20 courses. I mean, this stuff is really good. And if you want your Brian McClanahan Show gear, go to brianmcclanahan.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a button that says Shop. Just click on that. Take you right out to all the apparel and all the items that have my logo on it. So good stuff. All right. All that said, usually it's a little longer than I normally go in my promotional stuff. But I do want to talk about a funny little piece that's been circulating around now. Facebook has decided there's a, there's a, a, uh, a function you can turn on or off that will fact-check your page for you. So if you want your page fact-checked by Facebook, why anyone would actually want that, you can now turn that feature on or off. And if you have it on... You might have published a piece by, uh, you might have seen, a, maybe you've liked a piece by the Abbeville Institute or you liked a piece on the on the quote-unquote Civil War that uh, says, you know, maybe we've got to rethink this thing about slavery and the war. The war, 
Okay, maybe we got to rethink that thing. Well, now Facebook is going to fact check that for you. Isn't that great of Facebook to do that for you? I mean, such good, wonderful people. They're going to go out and make sure you don't have any fake news. In fact, the website that I'm going to talk about is uh, hoaxalert.leadstories.com, and it's under fake news. Title, fake news. The American Civil War did not start because of the Moral Tariff Act, and slavery was the main factor. So... Now that's fake news. Well, as you can see over my shoulder there, fake news. Nope. What this piece is, there's, this piece is so funny because they're trying to knock this thing down. They're trying to take little shots of this video. Granted, the video is not the best thing I've ever seen in terms of arguments made or the best production. But still, to have Facebook come in and say, well, here you go. Now, who founded Lead Stories? Well, by God, the guy that wrote the piece, Alan Duke. And who is Alan Duke? Alan Duke. Alan Duke, uh, editor-in-chief Alan Duke of Lead Stories, is co-founded co Lead Stories after a 26-year career with, wait for it, drumroll, CNN. So you can't, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make up that the guy that's saying, this is fake news, worked for fake news for 26 years. 26 years he worked for fake news. But yet here he is calling this piece fake news. I mean, the hypocrisy is dripping. CNN has been discredited so badly in the last just at last few weeks because of the the Mueller report and other things. I mean, anybody that pays attention to that website anymore should look. The only reason it even exists is because you're forced to pay for it if you have a satellite dish or cable television. You're forced to support CNN. If you could, if people could pay a la carte for their television, which is coming in the future, but if everyone could do that. CNN would not have enough money to survive. That's how bad that news outlet is. But here we have CNN working with Facebook, so big tech, in 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 uh, in cahoots with uh, fake news and other things. You got the SPLC, all these groups that they work with, which are that group's been discredited. I mean, all these people are discredited. They're just worthless, stupid people, and they're they're being discredited left and right. But yet they're calling out, well, it's fake news. So I'm going to go through this piece and show you where this guy, Alan Duke, is actually a moron. Uh, and, then, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but Alan Duke mainly covers entertainment, current affairs, and politics. Not history, but entertainment. By God, we need the entertainment tonight, people covering our history for America. Don't we? Uh, you know, We have the entertainment tonight on there, and here we have uh, breaking news. Uh, Kim Kardashian is uh, talking about the Civil War. So let's, uh, let's go live uh, and keeping up with the Kardashians. What do you think about the causes of the war? Because that's what uh, Alan Duke has been covering for most of his career here recently, well, at least over the last decade. He's been covering entertainment because that's where CNN banished him. They're like, look, Duke, you're such a mor you're you're so much of a moron, even our moron news channel is gonna put you out on entertainment. I mean, you can't even again, you can't make this stuff up how stupid this actually is. This piece should be banished. I mean, Facebook should be embarrassed they even link to this thing. Uh, but they're not. They're not embarrassed. It just shows you how ridiculous the idiots are at Facebook. Uh, so I, the other thing that was funny, I'm gonna get into the, one line in this from the beginning, and then I'm gonna go through and point out all the all the mistakes in the piece. It's so funny. All right, so let's go through. It's very short. It's a very short piece, published on April 3rd, 2019. And fa again, Facebook is going to be doing this. So if you uh, if you have a news story that they think, well, wait a second here, that's not the acceptable uh, opinion that we we're gonna have to fact check this. We all know fact checking like factchecker.org, whatever, run by a bunch of lefties. 
Uh, they don't really, I mean, ridiculous stuff. But you're going to see this stuff coming through your newsfeed. So first thing, did the American Civil War start because southern states were angry because the moral tariff enacted by President Abraham Lincoln and not because of a fight to preserve the institution of slavery? No, that's not true. The moral tariff was passed by Congress after seven states already seceded from the Union and before Lincoln was sworn in as president. It was signed into law by President James Buchanan on his last day in office. In fact, its passage was assured only by the withdrawal of the Southern delegations to Congress. Okay, let's just think about this for a second. I know the moral tariff gets brought up a lot. I've done a podcast on did tariffs cause the war. I've already done that. I mean, I've done some of these things before. Okay, so... Let's just look at the logical fallacies in one paragraph. Again, you cannot make this stuff up. So, uh, this is true. The moral taf- tariff was passed after, uh, by Congress after seven states already seceded, but did all the states had all the states seceded at that point? We still had another six to go. Okay, if you count, if you say there were thirteen seceded states, if you want to say there were five, but there were still at least five, if not six, and I would say six that we're going to leave the Union. Six. Okay, so almost half the Confederacy still had to leave the Union. And these idiots, Alan Duke, even refutes his own point later on in the piece. Uh, it's In fact, his passage was assured only by the withdrawal of the Southern delegations. Right, so the tariff would not have been passed, uh, maybe, had the South stayed in the, stayed in the, the Senate. But there's no guarantee of that. Uh, the tariff could have been passed. But we know for a fact that the South was continually trying to block protective tariffs. This was a major bone of contention between the North and the South. James Buchanan was from Pennsylvania. He favored tariffs. There were Democrats in the North who did favor tariffs because you had growing industry in the North, places like Pennsylvania and New York, but particularly Pennsylvania where you had iron ore and other things that were, and of course textiles in the North. You had some growing industries that needed in their mind protection which is corporate welfare, uh, at the, and of course this would be at the expense of producing states. Now, large cotton planters didn't care where they sold their cotton. This is the other thing about it. Large cotton planters would often support these kind of things, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but still, um, yeah, so not all the Confederate states were out yet. Um, and was it a fight to preserve the institution of slavery? No. The war was not a fight to preserve the institution of slavery. In fact, there were Southerners who pointed out slavery has never been better protected by the Constitution of the United States. Lincoln himself was had his fingerprints all over writing an amendment, which is known as the Corwin Amendment, but it's really the Lincoln Amendment. Dan- Daniel Crofts has made this clear in a book entitled The Politics of Slavery, where Lincoln was authoring what would have been the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, which would have protected slavery in the states where it already existed forever. So if the southern states were leaving because they were worried about the North abolishing slavery, that's an awful funny thing because it would have been protected forever. In fact, they pointed this out. Hey, look, we know you can't interfere with slavery in the South. We know that. This is all about slavery extension. It's all about what are we going to do with the territories? Okay, so I have a whole podcast on why slavery and why would that be important? Southerners knew that uh, that slavery in the territories would not produce uh, very much in terms of profit, but it was about principles. It was about power, because if you could get more southern states and you could have your political economy, which was anti-tariff in control of the general government. You see, you see, 
it's a little bit bigger than the fake news people at, at CNN like to talk about. Then, uh, then Alan Duke can can really articulate. I mean, Alan Duke is so uh, so simple minded; he can't get out of his own way. Maybe you should go. You know, maybe uh, uh, some other uh, entertainment tonight uh, organization needs him on their on their staff, and uh, I don't know. He can cover uh, celebrity birthdays or something. Uh, the revisionist history lesson has echoed through the decades since the war ended in 1865. Revisionist, how? I mean, if it if it's if it started right after the war, is it not that slavery started the war, the revisionist history? Or is it, I mean, I'm not clear about that. Um, isn't the revisionist history saying that slavery started the war? I don't know. Uh, but they often call this revisionist, that the South was trying to rewrite history here. Um, not necessarily, and I'm going to get into that in a second. <clears throat> but it has been revived on social media posts in recent years. One such attempt includes a poorly produced video Included in a post archived here, published on in 2000. Here's here's direct quote. Published on in 2015 under the title "What People Don't Want You to Know About the Civil War." The video opened. Keep in mind, we are fact checkers, not spell checkers. That's very clear from your piece. You just had a typo. Published on in 2015. Clearly, you all don't really know how to write. So that should be a, a clue as to how stupid these people actually are. He quotes from the video, and then he says, There are many factual errors in this reinterpretation of history. One obvious mistake is that while the moral reinterpretation, I mean, Southerners are saying this right after the war. One obvious mistake is that while the... Let me, let me make something before I get into that. Southerners are saying these things right after the war. Even during the war, they were saying these things. So... If that's the case, that's their view of the conflict. How is that reinterpretation or re uh, uh, reinterpretation or revision? How is that? This is a perspective of history. One of the things we have to understand is history has many different perspectives. You can take this with any issue. Uh, it could be um, an accident, a car accident, and the police will try to get several witnesses. What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? Because they're trying to figure out what happened. And you might have 10 people see the same thing and come up with something different as to what actually happened. They don't know. Human mind works that way. History is perception. And if the South said these are the reasons why, during and after the war, the war happened, well, then clearly that's in their mind what happened. And there are different interpretations, certainly. In, in, in the North, they, the people said different things. So the job of the historian is to collect this data and, and report it, essentially, uh, you can try to draw conclusions from that, but if there's multiple interpretations, you're going to have to let the reader make up their own mind. One obvious mistake is that while the moral tariff bill passed the House in 1860, it was bottled up in a Democrat-controlled Senate committee until after the Republican gained Republicans gained the majority by the secession of seven Southern states. Southern is lowercase. Southern should be capital. The tariff, which was, according to the video, the worst the country has ever the worst the country ever seen, and forced many Southerners into bankruptcy, actually had no opportunity to impact Southerners since they were gone from the Union before it could be collected. Wait a second. Uh, what about the eight Southern states that were still in the Union? I mean, you even say that when you talk about Virginia. So Virginia was still in the Union. So was North Carolina. So was Tennessee. Still in the Union. So was Maryland, Delaware. Still in the Union. Um. What about those states? Kentucky? Still in the Union. So it would have impacted Southerners. But not according to the peace, though according to the peace it did, but it didn't. Again, the logical fallacy here is too funny. 
Tariff rates had been significantly higher in the 1820s and were at a low point in the 1850s. It was not until 1862, after the tariffs were raised again to pay for the war effort, that the rates became higher, according to a historical according to a historical charts. Again, sick. Grammar. And this guy's going to pick on the video for having poor grammar and spelling. Alan Duke can't even write a sentence without having a grammatical error. Um, and then the video continued. He cites again. He said, A Confederate, lowercase, should be capital leader, might be taken aback by the idea that protecting the institution of slavery was not central to their rebellion. Uh, using the term rebellion... Okay, wait a second here. Um, who now you can say, well, the South started the war because they fired the first shots. Don't you know they started it? Well, there was a there was a uh, Fort Sumter and also Fort Pickens, which was actually occupied first before Sumter. Lincoln sent in uh, provisioning expeditions into Pickens and Sumter at the same time. It's just that Sumter didn't have anybody there to really shoot at it. Now, um, the the way the forts are set up in Pensacola Bay. There was no way they could hit uh, the the if they came in the right way, getting into uh, Pickens, and they did it under the the the, uh, the cover of darkness. Um, but regardless, um, so Pickens uh, was provisioned at the same time. Now Buchanan had said, "Look, if you don't if you don't surrender, if you if you just leave the forts alone, nothing's going to happen. Uh, we're not going to provision them." In fact, the guy that we'll talk about Pickens, the guy that helped build Pickens was a Confederate leader in Florida. Uh, Sumter. If, if Sumter was not provisioned, and Lincoln knew this, there ne- never would have been war. But Lincoln decided to provision Sumter and not sell the fort, which Confederacy was trying to buy it. There's no rebellion here. They're trying to send commissioners. South Carolina is sending commissioners to the United States government. Hey, will you sell the fort to us? We don't want it. I mean, we'll just, we'll just buy it from you. How is that a rebellion? Is that a rebellion? You're offering, you've declared your independence, essentially, through popular elected conventions and larger majorities that even ratified the Constitution and larger majorities that supported the American War for Independence. You're offering to peacefully buy the fort, but yet somehow this is a rebellion. It's only rebellion because Lincoln forced the issue by sending a provision, uh, uh, to sending uh, uh, supplies to provision the fort. Winfield Scott knew this would cause war. Lincoln knew it would cause war, which is why he told a colleague that, hey, uh, this had the desired effect. They shot at the fort, and so now I can try to send troops into the South to collect the tariff and enforce the laws. This is what Lincoln wanted to do. So there's no rebellion here. <clears throat> there's no rebellion. Any doubters can read each of the declarations passed by five of the seceding states at this link. Why not all of the declarations passed by the South? Because... That would undermine his argument. In fact, even though he brings up Georgia and Mississippi and South Carolina, yes, they all mention slavery, but he doesn't mention there are actually two South Carolina declarations. One written by uh, Chris Memminger. Memminger was actually a moderate, and Memminger had uh, his committee that wrote the Declaration of Causes was very, very much interested in talking about slavery. But the other, which was actually authored by Robert Barnwell Rett, who was much more of a fighter, had been pushing secession for years, since the 1830s, talked about tariffs and economic coercion. So there were two declaration of causes coming out of South Carolina. Uh, Of course, Duke only mentions one of those. Probably because he doesn't know the other exists, because he's a moron. 
Uh, and then he brings up Texas. And finally, get this. And Virginia withdrew from the Union in April of 18, 1861. Of course, what he doesn't mention is after it already rejected secession. Now, because Lincoln decides to call up 75,000 troops and march into the South, Virginia secedes. A month after the Morrill Tariff was signed, and with no mention of it. Well, because they're mentioning the fact that you're trying to coerce a state. And when you read it, um, when you read it, when you read the entire thing, they talk about uh, the overall oppression of the southern states, which includes economics. So Duke continues, Lincoln did not write these declarations. He was not the one pointing to slavery as a trigger for the war. Neither was the South. The South, the South wouldn't want to go to war. Jefferson Davis made that clear. Leave us in peace. There's going to be no war. But Lincoln couldn't do that. No, no, no. So Lincoln was going to war, in his words, to preserve the Union. He wasn't going to war for slavery. He never made that. I mean, it wasn't until, it never made that point until the Emancipation Proclamation, which was not until 1863. So for nearly two years, we have a war with no mention that slavery is the cause of the war. The cause of the war was to preserve the Union. When Lincoln made ending slavery a war aim, you had mass desertions in the Union Army. Union soldiers, Northerners, were going home saying, we're not fighting to free slaves, we're not fighting for any of that, we're fighting for the Union. So who was making the point? Was it the South or the North? Well, clearly it was the North. We're not fighting to free slaves. So what are you going to war for? To preserve the Union. What is the South fighting for? For independence. Yes, the South was a slaveholding republic. But of course, he also doesn't mention that there were actually proposals put forward at the end of the war to end slavery. Independence was higher, higher on the list than anything else. Lincoln actually floated in 1865 at the Hampton Roads Conference. Hey, look, if y'all come back in the Union, we won't. We'll put this 13th Amendment thing that's sitting out there. We'll put it off. And um, there's there's a lot of evidence that he wasn't lying about this. We'll put that off. We'll put it off till the 1890s. Why don't you just come back in? We'll figure out this slavery thing. No worry. Just come back in. We'll put it off. We'll postpone it. You keep slavery for a time. We'll work out a way to get rid of it. But... Jefferson Davis said, no, independence, unconditional independence. That's what we want. So independence was more important than anything. The video then offers another time-worn myth that only a small percentage of Confederates, again, Confederate lowercase, soldiers owned a slave. This is, purport, this is purported evidence that they were not fighting to preserve the institution of slavery. To debunk this myth, we point you to statistics, I'm sorry, statistics from the census of 1860, the last before the war began. More, 32%, more, this is in direct quotes, more 32% of white families, whereas then, more than 32%. Again, these people are going to bash somebody for not being able to spell and have proper grammar, and then they can't even write an essay with proper grammar or spelling. And I'll get to the spelling in a second. I mean, you, you wonder if some, like, I mean, some... I don't know, junior high school kid wrote this. And not Alan Duke. Maybe Alan Duke's junior high school kid wrote this. More, I think maybe a junior high school kid could write could write something better. More, 32% of white families living in the future Confederate states owned slaves. 
The percentages vary from state to state depending on agriculture and development. In Arkansas, 20% of white families owned slaves, while in South Carolina, nearly half, 46%, were slave owners. The rate was 49% in Mississippi. The video is very wrong with the 6% figure. Okay, now this is interesting because, yes, when you look at families that own slaves, you're talking about 25 to 30% of Southern families that own slaves, but actual slave owners was only 5 to 6% of the Southern population. So in terms of slave owners, 5 to 6%, that's a fact. Anyone knows that. Anybody that knows anything knows that. Now, his argument is, well, yeah, but then you've got all the families that are involved. And, and James McPherson has made this case, well, I mean, but uh, you got all these families involved. That's certainly more than 5 or 6%. And this is true. You can't deny that. Families did have contact with it. Uh, they had contact with the institution. But actual slave owners, the video is actually 100% correct about actual slave owners. They're not, they're not making something up there. It's not a myth. This fact check is a myth. Uh, as for the 68% of Southerners, actually it's more like 95% of Southerners who do not own slaves. And he says Southern families. And, I mean, th th again, they're splitting hairs here. Their lives and economy were closely tied to the institution. The prospect of those 4 million slaves being freed from bondage was chilling to many of the 9 million whites in the Confederate States, even if they were not owners themselves. Now, James McPherson for Calls and Comrades gets into this particular argument. What they fought for. He actually wrote a book entitled What They Fought For, and then it became Calls and Comrades. And he points out very clearly, very clearly, I mean, I, I could quote it. I could pull out the book and quote it, but I'm going to paraphrase. Southerners were not fighting for slavery. They were fighting against slavery, their own enslavement, what they considered to be their own enslavement that being at, at the hands of the federal government. That's what Southerners said they were fighting for, not to keep slaves, not to own humans. Now, of course, there were people that, that believed that. There were people that were fighting to keep slaves. You can't say there's not, but the general, the general soldier in the South was not fighting for slavery. He's fighting for independence. He's fighting for hearth and home. He's fighting to get the Yankee invaders out of his state. If you stop fighting us and you go home, we'll stop fighting you. What's so hard to understand about that? And then you have to flip it on his head. Were Northerners fighting to free slaves? James McPherson makes that clear. No, they weren't. So if one group is not fighting to keep slaves and one group is not fighting to free slaves, then what's the war all about? Well, I'll tell you. It's about political power in the Union. Again, CNN fake news here. Uh, leadstories.com doesn't know what it's talking about. While there are significant economic arguments between northern and southern states, the expansion and preservation of slavery was the hottest fire. When compromises were offered in the years before and even days after the secession of southern states, the proposal centered on slavery issues, not tariffs. What are slavery issues? Of course, it's talking about the extension of slavery. Uh, it's talking about um, how that is how that process is going to be handled in the territories. That was the slavery issues. It wasn't about the morality of slavery. Nobody in the North was proposing in 1861 to abolish slavery. No one proposed it at all, particularly in the southern states. Nobody, I mean, Northerners made this. What are you talking about? It's in our platform. The Republican Party has said in its platform, we're not going to abolish slavery in the states where it already exists. There's also something about the Republican platform. It essentially recognizes the right of secession, which is interesting the 1860 Republican Party platform. Uh, now, he says, the myth about tariffs influence on the secession of states grew partly out of a campaign by southern states to convince Britain 
to lend support to the Confederacy during the war. British economic interests were opposed to higher American tariffs as it made the American markets less lucrative for the British. Southerners made this argument to the British at the time. Read more about this here. Well, this is true. I mean, they did. They, they tried to get the British involved. Uh, there were Southerners really attempting to try to get the British to see their side of the conflict. It didn't work out. The British never recognized the South. But still, it was something that was, uh, that was part of a, a concerted effort to try to have foreign recognition of the Confederacy. Uh, another video misrepresenting history of the moral tariff purports that Abraham Lincoln, in his first inaugural address, quote, stated his resolve in collecting those taxes no matter what. He said, the power confined in me will be used to hold, occupy, and possess the property and places belonging to the government and, and to collecting the duties, imposts, tariffs, or other words. But beyond that, what way may be necessary for these objects, there'll be no invasion, no f using force against or among the, the people anywhere. Well, we know this wasn't the case. Uh, we know Lincoln made collecting the tariffs. And he even says, well, Lincoln did make that a point, but, you know, it's other things about the video. He says he's not going to invade the South to collect the tariffs. But he was going to. Everyone knew it. Last but not least, the, the uh, video also claims the Morrill Act was passed in, and get this, 1959, two years earlier than it was actually adopted. 1959, wait a second. I thought the war happened in the 1860s, but here Alan Duke doesn't know to uh, fa fact check his own essay enough to show that it's 1859, not 1959. But hey, who's what's 100 years between friends? I'm going to sit here and bash a video for having sloppy editing and typos and spelling, and then you've got them all over your piece. How ridiculous is that? But this is the idiots at fake news, the fake news network. The piece concludes, an important note about this author. Alan Duke is the great-grandson of Sergeant Major William Jasper Duke, CSA. Duke has long been familiar with a historical debate over the causes of the American Civil War. He asks that you actually read this story in full and click on the link re resources link before discarding its conclusions as a work of a carpetbagger or a scalawag. S-C-A-L-L-Y-W-A-G. That's not how you spell scalawag. <laughs> so the guy doesn't know how to spell the term scalawag. That's not how you spell it, moron. So think about how stupid this piece is, how stupid Alan Duke is, and then when you get this thing in your newsfeed, uh, think about how stupid it was that Facebook put it there. And if you do that, I mean, I, again, I think it's a setting. Turn it off. Don't let fake news network send you stuff uh, about uh, the war that they clearly don't know anything about. They clearly don't know the complexities about. I've got a whole course on it. If you want that, uh, the War for Southern Independence. It's on sale again till April 15th. I've got the Reconstruction and Recreation course. Awesome course. You're going to want that too. So go out and get that. Uh, but I mean, this is where we are. We've got CNN. We've got uh, Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got Google. All these things working in concert now to try to smash dissent and uh, people thinking outside the box, so to speak. Well, I'm here to correct that nonsense. And so take this thing and burn it, because that's all it deserves. And Alan Duke is a moron. Alan Duke is frankly just stupid. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I will see you next time.